What is going on, Quest Nation? It's your boy, AC, coming back at you guys today. I want to help you guys avoid the potential bust, the pitfalls that you could land in heading into this year's NFL season. Because there's a variety of factors that could lead to the increased prices from one season to the next. Let's take second-year players as a prime example of massive increases in rookie card value, especially now when we have a lot of product out, right? One of those is vastly improved performance, right? A breakout rookie season. The other one is a superior offensive environment, a big quarterback upgrades, coaching upgrade. Or it could be a newfound opportunity on the depth chart. Talk about vacated targets, other uh, big time talent or mouths to feed on the offense that have now left. They're gone, man. So they now have a bigger opportunity. The last one is just random and utterly, ultimately dire off-season hype. That's the one I want to help you guys avoid. So I want to look at this week's latest risers and fallers in fantasy ADP and look at how that is correlated over to the football card market. Which one of these guys, which of these guys are actually getting steamed up, is getting smoke, is seeing that sold volume, see what their prices are doing, let's see what their most liquid cards are and what they're doing. And then let's also give you guys some examples of players that were very undervalued heading into last season that are now much more expensive this year. And what we can learn from that as we're looking at these weekly risers and fallers. So without further ado, let's dig in. <laughs> What is going on, Steven FL? Got our man Jay Kid in the house. What's up, football card quest? Travis House in the house. Yo, <laughs> sounds weird. Travis House in the house. Uh, Chad Dyer, the man. Andy's dominating today. YouTube expert mode. Let's go, baby. Let's go. On the eve of 4th of July, this is a great day. There's going to be so many opportunities on eBay tomorrow that I want to get you guys prepared for we got to start getting ready for this 2023 season we got to start getting serious so there's a lot of things we need to talk about to really unpack wrap our minds around some of the biggest risers from last year let me zoom into these screens a little bit because this is the first situation that i want to talk to you guys about from last year all right i want to give you guys four players who have experienced rather huge spikes in card values over the past year. Now, it's important to take into consideration that this time last year, the rookie ticket auto was not out for Garrett Wilson or Christian Watson. It was a very limited selection of Bowman Chrome U college uh, autos. It was, you know, as the season starts, you get your Chronicles, your, your draft picks, your uh, Donruss Elite, <clears throat> you get your pen pals uh, and your passports out of that. You know, you get those turn of the century autos. So there was a very limited selection as you kick off the rookie season. Well, I don't know if you guys hear that. We're finally getting some rain here in Tampa, Florida, which is good. Dude. My grass is about dead. So it's nice to get the rain today. Thank God. So, uh, but anyways, Christian Watson last year heading into his rookie season was wide receiver 75. Pick 157 in your fantasy football drafts. This year, he's wide receiver 20, pick 40. That is a massive increase in value, and he no longer has Aaron Rodgers. 
<clears throat> this doesn't help matters necessarily. If he still had Rodgers, there is good reason to believe that he would be going in the third, fourth round, even earlier, right? Um, but they didn't really make – the Packers really didn't make a whole lot of moves at the position. And so the reality is that he is very enticing. Christian Watson's skill set with a very high, height-adjusted speed score, big catch radius – Came from a small school, but a very explosive athlete. He demonstrated some elite target earning ability as a rookie. And we can expect some touchdown regression. You know, a lot of people like to paint the picture that, you know, yeah, from week 10 on, he he did smash. But it, there was also a lot of touchdowns. Like uh, uh, the touchdown rate was pretty crazy. We can't expect that same touchdown rate to happen this year, especially with a rookie quarterback, essentially in Jordan Love. Yet... He did earn targets and air yards, which are the distance of all intended targets, at wide receiver 1-2 levels, which is where he's currently going in that pick 40 type of range. So when you look at the values between him and then Garrett Wilson, so now I want to look at Garrett Wilson, who last year was wide receiver 55 coming into the season, pick 127. And now Garrett Wilson is all the way up to wide receiver 8, Pick 12.6, going at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. And he is the benefactor of getting Aaron Rodgers after being named Offensive Rookie of the Year. So he was an impressive player as a rookie, right? Um, while dealing with right a, a bunch of sad excuses for quarterbacks. So now he gets Aaron Rodgers, and now it's time to see if he can develop that type of touchdown chemistry with Rodgers. And it'll be interesting. But what I what I want to point out is that look at the, the current price disparity between Garrett Wilson's rookie ticket auto PSA 10 and Christian Watson's rookie ticket auto PSA 10. 158.50 in auction here just yesterday. Compared to this one, 375, you pull up 130 point. You'll find that card sold for it. Oh, you got to scroll up. I was scrolling down a little bit. $240. So it's only a $90 difference there in the PSA 10 values of that card. We don't have a lot of uh, graded uh, results for these guys right now because first and foremost, like a lot of people that are submitting cards, they're typically, generally speaking, prioritizing quarterbacks, 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 quarterbacks. So they have the most uh, sold volume. So we don't have the best graded card results for them right now, but we're starting to get more numbers. There's definitely transactions. It's it, There's more, probably a, a higher graded card market for a Christian Watson and a Garrett Wilson than there is for guys like Geno Smith, you know? Uh, so it's, it's important to kind of understand the age definitely plays a big role. Obviously the, quantity of rookie cards they have um, so just right off the bat you can see that this is actually the press crew premium donruss psa 10 not bad for a wide receiver 50 dollars. we come over here and find that same card press crew premium it's also the most highly sold card for christian watson believe it or not it's an average of 40 dollars. they're actually pretty close in value so when you consider that i'd much rather take the the guy that now has Aaron Rodgers on the Jets. Although, if you look at the opening schedule for the Jets, it's incredibly difficult. We talked, they have 
one of the, if not the hardest opening schedules heading into this season. Uh, we're talking, let me see, I just had it pulled up. It's, um, man, I hate Yahoo search. It is the Jets, or <laughs> the Jets open the season against the Bills. And then I think it's the Cow. Let me just pull it up. I can't remember schedules. Yeah, it's the Bills. I did get that one right. And then the Cowboys, then the Patriots, then the Chiefs, then the Broncos, then the Eagles. That's their first six games. That is an incredibly difficult opening schedule. It doesn't get a whole lot easier from there than the Giants, the Chargers, and then the Raiders, which is probably an easy matchup, then the Bills again, then the Dolphins, and then the Falcons, then the Texans. So they've got a couple easy matchups sprinkled in. But this is a tough matchup, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're not 3-0 and out of the gate. And we go back to, you know, talking about the teams that come out starting 2-0, and 3-0. and They get a ton of hype. They get a ton of appreciation in their cards. And if the quarterback is going off, he's going to bring a pass catcher along with him, especially a guy like Jordan Love, uh, who's mostly going to rely on his arm. And Aaron Rodgers the same way. Uh, so when I look at these guys, just comparatively speaking, um, and when it when it translates over to the card market, I actually see them fairly close together. Honestly, I'd rather pay up a little bit for the Garrett Wilson, even though he's pretty steep already. Um, all in all, though, right now I'm not buying either one of these guys because I can see a lot of a lot of paths that their values could actually go down at the beginning of the season, and I could buy into them like in October, November timeframe, and maybe their team ascends, like especially the Jets, they ascend and make that playoff push. And maybe Jordan Love like way exceeds expectations and maybe his team takes a uh, playoff push as well. But it's not like, you know, when I look at the, uh, when I look at the Packers, when I look at the Packers offensive line, not bad, ranked number eight, Right, still have a solid run game in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. We definitely know that that's going to be deployed pretty heavily, especially when you're talking about, you know, Jordan Love being somewhat of a rookie quarterback. And then I look at their strength of schedule, their opponents' rankings, their strength of schedule is 22nd. That's not bad. Their toughest schedule stretch is weeks 11 through 13. So if I go here and like look at their opening schedule, they play the Bears week one, which is going to have a ton of media attention. This Bears week one game. Bears week one game in Chicago. It's a 425 game on September 10th. I know we're, we're getting close to the season. Uh, super excited. Make sure you smash that like button if you're excited, too, about the football season coming up and football cards. Uh, September 17th, they get the Falcons and then the Saints at home and then the Lions and the Raiders. So it's not, you see what I'm saying? It's not a super tough schedule than the Broncos, the Vikings, the Rams, the Steelers. So there's a big difference there in schedule. So if Jordan Love can exceed expectations at all, this can actually be a pretty decent spot for Christian Watson. So, you know, after going through that thought exercise, if you look at the two of these guys, I'd rather invest in Christian Watson, but he's still got to understand that he's still – a lot higher than what the floor is for that for the position heading into the second year. 
Like we look at a guy like uh, Tyquan Thornton, for example, who's closer to the floor of a second year wide receiver coming in. And he was drafted in the second round as well. He didn't have that breakout type of performance in his rookie year for a multitude of reasons. Uh, but you could look, you could look at him as the floor price for a second year wide receiver player. And you guys just saw me highlight him in the mail day. And, and, and that's when we're talking about, you know, those base rookie ticket autos uh, going from and in, in these guys cases from anywhere from 50 to a hundred dollars to more in that $10 price range. So that's, that really is like the floor for an athletic guy heading into the second year. So with that out of the way to kind of give you guys an idea of how ADP or average draft position is translated over to the card market, like how, you know, where fantasy players are taken and how those jumps in ADP actually have a direct correlation over to the rookie card market. It's really important to understand. So another guy is Deshaun Watson. Last year, coming off of the suspension, Deshaun Watson was actually uh, QB 29 or pick 189 heading into the season because we knew he was going to be suspended. We didn't have like the official timeline on suspension yet, but he ended up being suspended for the first 12 games. That's what a lot of people estimated. And then when he came back, he looked super rusty. He wasn't allowed to be around the team. He wasn't allowed to practice with the team for a large part of the time. So there was clear and obvious rust on those wheels. Now, when you look at 2017, it's pretty easy, right? The top is Patrick Mahomes. The bottom is Mitch Trubisky. Let's, let's be real here, y'all. Um, and then and then Deshaun Watson's somewhere in there. I think what you could do with Deshaun Watson is see where he stacks up against a elite skill position player. Like maybe pull up Christian McCaffrey and see where he's at. He's going for more than Christian McCaffrey. Now, if we pull in a guy like Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell, Mitchell, you could pull in a guy like Mitchell Trubisky here. He's, you get the, you get an idea of what the floor is, right? And we know Deshaun Watson has got to got to win a few Super Bowls and a few MVPs if he wants to get up to that uh, Patrick Mahomes level, which maybe he could have gotten there if he didn't uh, get into trouble and all kinds of stuff. So there's your floor, right? There's your PSA 10 Mitchell Trubisky prism. Uh, one transaction in the past month, in the past year. The 52-week high, $160. There's a good last season when he was the starter for Pittsburgh. Uh, about a, before they just kind of like the fans demanded for Pickett, $120 bucks when he was a starter. Now the floor is 20 So I think you have to go back and say, hey, he was a starter. What was that like? 150 bucks. And now you look at Deshaun Watson. You see Christian McCaffrey is about 130 bucks. I want to see what the pop is. 11, 1,153 on his PSA 10s. Deshaun Watson is at 242. Let's look at the one-year numbers on this. How did this – okay, so there was hype. Maybe he's going to start the season. He goes to the Browns. That got up to 466 on that news. And then beginning of the season, wow, there were some spikes in there. Let's see if – yeah, they buy it now. Of course, some people buy it now for six, $700. Well – when you have a Patrick Mahomes PSA 10 that goes for 4500 650 doesn't seem so bad. Uh, that's, I mean, think about it. That's like 
four five hundred percent even more it's like 650 percent higher so you know it's not like anybody's projecting him to be there but could we say that this is the floor for i'd say about 200 dollars? it looks like about 200 dollars is the floor right now you've got an auction two days ago 242 and it makes sense because like i said last year he was qb 29 or 189 this year he's qb 9 or pick 83.5 so it's a big improvement in expectations but not a big improvement in rookie card value so he's a guy that i would actually plant my flag on saying he is an undervalued quarterback right now in the hobby um and maybe the hobby waits like uh potential character flaws reputation like that but if his performance far exceeds expectations by a big enough margin people are going to overlook those kind of character flaws it's not you know there's a lot worse stuff out there let's just put it that way i mean let's just be real like there's never like any stone cold evidence it was a lot of allegations and he said she said and ndas and all kinds of crazy stuff and i'm not here to speculate on what did or didn't happen or how many people were involved or whatever um all i'm here to say is like this wasn't a wasn't a murder trial okay uh there's a lot worse things out there and his it's kind of it kind of reminds me of the tiger woods situation and tiger woods did eventually bounce back from his whole scandal and he did end up having a lot higher values on his product, especially part of being part of the uh, sports car boom. I get it. He's the best, one of the best of all time. People debate that, right? Between him and Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and stuff uh, in his sport. But, you know, Tiger Woods being one of the best of his generation, arguably the best from his generation, definitely, um, of all time, that his cards increase in value. And obviously, Deshaun Watson's got a long way to go to get that. But if you look at where the situation that the Browns are in this year, there's a lot of room for upside in the value, current values of Deshaun Watson's rookie cards. And he's definitely a guy to uh, keep your eye on this year in terms of quarterback because he's one guy that has seen the increase in ADP. But because he is heading into his now – what sixth year and the time they saw last year wasn't so great it's like man people are gonna people are gonna wait till they see it to actually believe it and they're gonna then be on the wrong side of the hype you want to have bought in now and make take the risk make the bet and anticipation that this will happen and then it pays off and uh you actually sell whenever he way outseeds those expectations uh, and so that's kind of what you want to what you want to look at from from a quarterback standpoint. And the Browns have the 23rd easiest schedule. They have the second best offensive line in the NFL right now, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, their toughest schedule is weeks one through five. So I think it's a critical it's a critical opening part of the season for the Browns and their schedule. I think all this stuff goes hand in hand with what we're going to do right now at Underdog Fantasy um, if we have time in this live stream. And it's their new weekly winners format because every week they're paying out 25 grand for a season long best ball roster. It's absolutely incredible. So um, we're going to be definitely looking at that. And everything we're doing definitely carries over to that because I look at the Browns' opening schedule. It's the Bengals' week one. Now they are playing at home in Cleveland. There's always some wacky weather stuff, but beginning of September should be fine. 
Browns at home week one against the Bengals. Now, one thing I'll say is the Bengals are kind of notorious for starting off slow to their season. Do they finish strong? Hell yeah. Joe Burrow's like the king of finishing strong, right? Um, so, but the they they do like if you look at the past couple seasons, they have started off slow, man. They have started off slow. So I don't know if that's going to happen this year with how well they finished the past couple of years. It's like they started off faster and faster, but maybe they start off slow. They get the Browns at home week one against the Bengals. And then week two, they go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Uh, so there is a path because of how closely correlated quarterbacks um, are to their win-loss record. They get the Titans in week three at home in Cleveland and then the Ravens in week four. I could see a potential here where the Browns are 3-0. The Bengals start off slow. They out the Steelers in Pittsburgh. You could see that happening with their elite run game and line. And if Deshaun Watson exceeds expectations at all, all of a sudden he starts unlocking this passing game, which they just keep adding and adding to, right? He's drafting Cedric Tillman, you know, adding Elijah Moore in free agency. You already got one of the best route runners in Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones got 99 percentile burst. You got David Njoku, one of the most athletic tight ends in the league on this big contract, right? And you got one of the best, if not the best, like pure runners in the league in Nick Chubb. And that's why we love, part, um, you know, like betting on the, the second-year uh, candidate, breakout candidate, Jerome Ford, just because there's really nobody else in the running back depth chart. And there's a lot of fragility to the running back position just by nature. So, you know, it only makes sense to invest in a guy that runs a sub 4-4 that's in the backfield uh, on a team like this. So I could definitely see them start out three and zero, and it's like, if, if they're three and zero, and then you want to buy Deshaun Watson's cards, that's not the time to do it, man. I'm not really looking at a deep playoff team here. I'm looking at a playoff team, but to say that they're going to go deeper than the Bengals, than the chiefs, uh, you know, come on, man, this is, I, Highly, highly, highly data. I think they're they could potentially rebound so much this year they could be um, like a contender and they could actually make a decent playoff run. But the AFC's loaded. There is a lot of landmines to dodge there, and uh, ultimately, I would be looking for like that early season first few games spike from Deshaun Watson and then flip them on flip them on that. So let me um, let me catch up with the chat here. Look at this, man. Look at look at Paul Bakoda with the Bengals stripes. He said every season Hertz has played. His cards go up steadily during the season. Definitely buying Hertz before the season starts. His raw prism base rookie card is a good buy. I think at ten dollars right now. Ten dollars? Yeah, no, that's that's incredible because I've seen the Herberts get up to that forty fifty dollar range. Um, the Burrows exceed that now. Raw. I mean. You're looking at a clear playoff contending team. You're also looking at Jalen Hurts potentially being a, an MVP candidate this year. So let's see what else we got here. Chad says, floor on Wilson's pro jersey auto, $65. $140 gets you into contender's ticket, and $168 gets you into an optic contender's ticket auto. Man, appreciate that info, Chad. That is fantastic. That was kind of kind of right where I was thinking – uh, shout out to my man Ryan Haslip in the chat. Ryan's from Ryan's Store Review and Rhinoverse on eBay. I hope you're listing. I hope you're listing cards instead of ripping those boxes open, or maybe you're ripping boxes and listing. 
Uh, shout out to Messiah MVP, man. We got Messiah in the house. Yeah, so right now at a camp, uh, all the re beat reporters are saying Romeo Dobbs got the best connection with Jordan Love. But if you look at the, the metrics, actually Christian Watson earned the most targets from week 10 on in that offense last year. And uh, and that was and, – and that is really your projected alpha at this point. He's the guy that I would project an alpha. But that's not to say that uh, Jordan Love doesn't have the best chemistry with Romeo Dobbs. So because we know there's going to be touchdown regression from Christian Watson, so it could easily be more balanced with Romeo Dobbs. The, the, the issue I have with investing in those guys is it comes back to Jordan Love, right, exceeding expectations. So, um, you know, you may, want to, you may want to pivot. If you're going to make a bet on a Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson, it makes total sense to buy some Jordan Love because compared to the rest of the draft class, he's now lower than Tua. Two has gained some steam. People are definitely projecting him being uh, healthy, right? And you can't project for injuries. It's too difficult to do that. That's there's a wide there's a wide range of margins to say that he's going to get another concussion and and retire. I mean, that just that could not happen for years, you know. So it's hard to it's hard to hang your hat on that and say, ah, you know, it's now if you want to say it's too much risk. I'm not there, then I, I understand that. And that's your own financial decision. But the, the fact remains that if he is healthy with that offense and the scheme that Mike McDaniels has and everything with a healthy Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, now you add in uh, a chain and everything. He's, he's going to be elite. He's going to be a top, uh, top 10 QB one. Speaking of which, look at our man with the Tyreek Hill uh, deuces up. Joey collects. Let's see what Bush Leaguers has got. Bush Leaguers in the house. Uh, let's see. Derek is a single-handedly moving Deshaun Watson's ADP. Well, yeah, I mean, he's got solid logic behind it. It makes sense. Optic has a lower pop count than Prism for RCs. Whose RCs are we talking about? It, it makes sense because Optic has a much lower PSA 10 hit rate, and that's why. So in most years, like when I look at 2020, 2021, and now 2022, Optic has a much lower um, PSA 10 rate than even Prism, and especially based on us, that, that typically has the best. So, nah, I wouldn't bet on it, Bush Leaguers, uh, to a retiring midseason. Would not bet on it, man. I think there's a wide range of outcomes there. Um, and uh, all right, so without further ado, let's go ahead I want to dig into the rest of these weekly risers and fallers. The first one is Tim Patrick, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. He is actually, and this is such an interesting offense to talk about because right now they're undervalued as a whole. We're going to look at Russell Wilson because ultimately I think all this comes back to Russell Wilson and projecting can he have a bounce back season with new head coach Sean Payton. But it's interesting to talk about this recent news from tim patrick and it's interesting i want you guys to focus on where it comes from and i think you know news that comes from nfl network and this is not a beat reporter well it, it is a beat reporter but he works for nfl network is one of the biggest media outlets if not the biggest besides espn for the nfl right nfl network james palmer said multiple people in the broncos building believe tim patrick is the best football player in the team's wide receiver room uh and so 
We know he's coming back from an ACL. And before that, this guy has got an incredible work ethic. And he's one of those possession style receivers. So if you go back and think about the possession style receiver that's got so much claim to fame from the Saints, it's Michael Thomas, right? It's Michael Thomas. Tim Patrick's undrafted out of 2017. We're going to look talk about his rook cards in a second because he has very few being undrafted. Um, and he didn't really break out until 2020 where he put up 742 uh, receiving yards, also put up six touchdowns that year. 2021 puts up five touchdowns and 734 receiving yards, over 1,000 air yards. So he's never really had a quarterback, right? And then Russell Wilson comes in. He tears his ACL in the preseason, and then Russell Wilson just is just atrocious, has a terrible season with Nathaniel Hack. It was a total bust. It was just a bad, bad idea. He's got his own little consultant. He's doing knee highs on the airplanes. He's just acting like a joker out there, man. Just a just a joke. He just, I mean, he was he was a laughing stock with the whole let's ride and everything. So many people in the NFL were clowning him. And what happens? They bring in a real winning head coach. Sean Payton comes in and, and within the first three weeks, he got rid of Russell Wilson. Said, no, you can't not. He got rid of Russell Wilson's uh little trainer quarterback coach whatever his little side quarterback coach consultant gone he's gone so i love the changes that sean's payton is making in the organization uh if we go to ebay so let's talk about while i pull up this let's talk about the denver broncos depth chart with russell wilson i think he's definitely changing the environment there uh for russell wilson to flourish. I think he's going to develop around Russell Wilson's strengths. And that is, you, you've seen the production that he's been able to get out of an undersized quarterback and Drew Brees with a run heavy offense. What they do is they establish the run and they set up play action so he can do like a seven step drop back off a play action play and actually see the field downfield. One of the biggest weaknesses that Russell Wilson has, like Drew Brees, is that they are shorter players. It is hard for them to see over these massive linemen, right, to see what the receivers are doing. Sean Payton understands that. He's been doing that for years. So he's going to develop around that, and it's going to start with the run game. Unfortunately, Javante Williams is still recovering from his uh, torn ACL. He's on IR, but he is like their their main RB1. He was a stud in his rookie year. Um, but they have Samaj P. Ryan. Doesn't really excite a lot of people. Not a lot of people are going to invest in him, especially after screwing up what would have been the Bengals uh, Super Bowl trophy against the Rams. But um, then you look at uh, Tyler Batty as their, uh, their their satellite bag, Tony Jones as their grinder, Mike Burton as their fullback. So it's, I would not be surprised if the Broncos bring in one of these veteran running backs, if they can figure out a way – problem is they don't have much money um so it's going to be hard for them to afford what dalvin cook wants now if dalvin cook's willing to accept a smaller contract to go play for a decent team under a really good head coach i think it makes a lot of sense if i was a zeke elliott a leonard fournette a dalvin cook a kareem hunt i would be I would be happy playing under like I think Kareem Hunt would be a great addition to this team. Um, so let me I want to see something here. This is what's interesting. Sold. I don't know why I'm getting a March 
Okay. So I'm getting a here's the July for I don't know why they pulled in a March 2nd at the very top there. Uh, maybe it was because it was one of those that was part of the Com C listing. So that's an interesting listing. But what I want to look at is Tim Patrick has very few rook yards. I think we established he's only got like 30 or 40 different rookie cards. Uh, when I look at the depth chart, obviously you got first rounder Jerry Judy ahead of him. You've got Cortland Sutton ahead of him. And then it's Tim Patrick. KJ Hamler is likely going to be supplanted by Marvin Mims, the second round rookie that Sean Payton beat the table for, who's a field stretcher better than KJ Hamler. And God, he's getting, it's going to be super easy for him to, to like be more consistent than KJ Hamler because KJ Hamler can never stay on the field. They do like uh, Kendall Hinton out of the slot there. And then at tight ends, you got Greg Dolchich. They picked up Adam Troutman from uh, New Orleans. Albert Uick-Boonham is there, who is a guy that we were excited about last year. Never worked out. He's got athletic upside as well. But when you look at the wide receiver uh, depth chart, you know, it's it's a lot of complementary roles. Um, and I like Tim Patrick playing that possession receiver style and you could see like transactions like this are interesting. So from June 28th to July 1st, you go from $2 by now to $6.50 by now. And you may be thinking, well, wow, that's nothing. It's peanuts. But what it shows is an indication in the right direction for a guy who's got very few rookie guards. And we already know he's gone up an entire round. He's gone up 15 spots on average in underdog best ball drafts. And he's still at a 187. ADP. So still, he's going at the end of fantasy drafts, but now all of a sudden we're seeing him become a little bit more relevant. So he's a guy that I definitely want to take some flyers on. And if you are taking flyers on him, I think it's important, like this kind of stuff, like a, a Dragon Scout of 67 for 50, it doesn't seem bad, but I think it's overpriced based on what you could potentially get in auction. Uh, because I think that he has very few rookie cards, which is one thing that it makes it tough to to prospect if all of his cards are in buy it now. It does make it very tough. He's a guy that I feel I could find at a card show like the National. Hey, you got any Tim Patrick? And they're like, who the heck is that, right? And and they got stuff like this that I can maybe pick up for 20 bucks. That's where I want to pick up some of this stuff for Tim Patrick um is offline like i'm talking instagram uh twitter maybe uh card shows that kind of local card shops that kind of stuff i think would be ideal such a limited supply ultimately it's going to come back to russell wilson and whether or not you think this offense can exceed expectations as a whole and obviously out of the afc west with the Chargers and the chiefs it's going to be really tough and i look at their i look at their current Offensive line, which is number 11, not bad. Peyton definitely is going to uh, – has a big big focus on improving that. Then I look at their strength of schedule. So strength of schedule. 12th, that's not bad. Their toughest schedule stretch is weeks 5 through 6. I mean, 12th, I guess I shouldn't say it's – that's uh, – that's pretty tough. I mean, it's not like in the 20s like we talked about with the Packers and stuff. Uh, let's see. And we know that the division is super tough. So 
Let's look at let's look at the opening three games. And this is what's important to focus on because we can capitalize on can we capitalize on early season hype here on a bounce back? And people say, Oh my gosh, Sean Payton has transformed this this offense and this team. They open week one against the Raiders at home. I pencil that in as a W all day. September 10th, Raiders versus Broncos, Broncos at home. Give me the W there all day long. That's an easy like layup bounce back game then they get the commanders at home the commanders have to travel from their comfort in uh washington close to the capital over here in, in uh on the east coast to mile high stadium in denver to play the broncos that's a 425 game again so you get to kind of groove that uh grease that groove for the consistency for the broncos that's two and oh the real competition is when the broncos have to travel to miami to play September 24th at 1 p.m. in Miami. You know Miami likes to sunburn the heck out of their opposing uh, teams whenever they travel there in September. It's going to be super hot, super humid, and there's going to be no shade for these guys at 1 p.m. We saw it happen last year, so Russell Wilson better be in good shape. Uh, we did see him lose some weight. He has lost some weight. He's leaned down. He's supposed to be more mobile. Um, that's going to be good because he's going to need it. My question is, how low can I get something like his prism, which obviously is, yeah, you could look at the tops Chrome and this and that, and those are fine. They're obviously have a lot of sales transactions, a lot of volume there. They're very cheap. Let's just look at, this is the base tops. I want to look at least the tops Chrome over the past year. It should still have quite a few transactions. I want to see what this card was heading into the season, 275, and see if it's like at a at a floor. Yeah, okay. So that's pretty much close to a floor. Also want to see what the prism is at. Yeah, okay. This is good intel. $130 on December 1st. Telling you guys, you gotta that late November, early December window for players that having are having a failing season uh, is such an, a great spot. So the first three games, they're maybe they go two and zero, and they're heading into Miami, and that's when you flip. Maybe he's the maybe he's an early front runner, two and zero, get some hype. Denver does have a big fan base in a big um, television market. So the question is, what can you get a raw 2012 prism, Russell Wilson? I think that's what it all comes back to. And there's a PSA 10. It's going to go for about market value from what we just saw. Um, an 8.5 for 80. Okay. That's interesting because the raw, I mean, that's basically raw card value. And what we saw last year was that was at least a hundred to $120 card. Now we're seeing people take 50, 60 best offer accepted, a PSA 9 for 66, a 9.5 for 150. Boom, here you go. That is an absolute play right there. I mean, that is rock bottom prices for the scarcity of a 2012 Prism, $53. So obviously you want to you kind of stalk these auctions, but I would not be surprised if – there were some buy it nows to stock. Like this one's not bad. There's no best offer accepted there. So it's like, uh, 
you, you kind of want to kind of want to go in and make an offer. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're 99 by now. Nope, too high, too high. So, you know, right off the bat, you want to target these raw ones. So it's going to be it's going to take like stalking them in auctions. But it all comes back to me, comes back to that. And I absolutely want to stack Russ. You can kind of pick your poison because if you go and look at the comparison between Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, at this point, I do like how cheap Tim Patrick is compared to his scarcity. Like we we filtered it out the other day, but real quick, because I just don't remember the exact number. You come over to tcdb.com and let's put in Tim Patrick real quick. Search overview and then just filter out by 2020 2017 is going to have all the sage stuff see 2017 i just want to see 2020 because that's when they actually printed them in pro uniform it's just a rookie ticket auto which is actually pretty rare they don't even have any of those on ebay so that would be ideal if i could find one of those in person from a card dealer uh but 61 61 total rookie cards flawless contenders yeah and select for him so it'd be really really easy to kind of control the supply and you could probably still pick them up cheaper than that cheaper um way cheaper than what they're selling for on ebay like right now on active listings but i'm thinking like the same price but way better scarcity uh, than the sold ones which are like the base select and select field level and from a card from a card dealer at a show or a shop and then sell them for cheaper and still make a fantastic profit on um on his cards on ebay so that's an interesting one this this next one i don't get whatsoever Devonte parker is up nine spots on underdog fantasy which makes no sense to me because people are misinterpreting the news of his contract extension Go look at the fine print of Devontae Parker's contract. It is all incentive laden. Like there is very, very little guarantee. So they extended his contract, which was only had a, a year left on it of his two-year contract. They extended it. I think this is him right here. Yeah, here we go. This is what I want to this is what I want to show you here. Player news. All right. More than half the total value of Devontae Parker's three-year, $33 million extension is tied to incentives. <laughs> there isn't very much guaranteed money. And what this is telling you is that they're clearly sweetening the deal for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I mean, that's what this news is. And I guess some people out there are just misinterpreting this news and thinking that it means that Deont Devontae Parker is going to be like their alpha or something. I mean, he's up nine spots. It's not, he's just being drafted at the end. Like he's a little bit cheaper even than Tim Patrick, but still up almost a full round just means he's like on some more people's radars now. When obviously, if you like read between the new, the, the lines here, this is just setting up for DeAndre Hopkins which they have sweetened the deal. So I expect that deal to happen in the coming weeks. The next one is Brock, and I've already beat the drum plenty enough for, 
for my Mac Jones play over the uh, over the next few weeks. Colin Kaepernick, always a civil rights movement play. Seriously, guys, he is always socially relevant uh, because of his civil rights activism. And his cards will, I think, pretty much be demanded all the time. It's kind of like uh, Tim Tebow, but I guess for a little bit different reasons, right? Um, so I think I think the reason why I thought of that is because I think they're from like the same draft class, even. Uh, Tom Pellicero resorts. Here we go. Let's see what they got. What we got on Brock Purdy from last the latest news on Brock Purdy, but he is up seven spots right now this week on Underdog Fantasy. His rehab from UCL surgery continues to trend the right direction. All signs of the 49ers front office and staff indicate he'll be ready by week one or close to it. Once healthy, Purdy is expected to resume his role. Of course, right, Messiah? He's going to definitely be expected to resume his role, but it looks like he's on track to start week one. I think ultimately it still comes down to how good do these guys look in full-on training camp, which starts in three weeks, and then how good they look in preseason. Maybe he doesn't get much playing time, but if he looks good in the uh, in the 11 on 11, first team offense for first team defense with pads on, and maybe he starts a drive in training uh, in preseason. He looks really good. I want to see if you look at the initial results just overall. He's still in the top charts. Like just overall, PSA 10 sold results in the last 30 days. He's uh, two of the top six guys with Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen, which you would expect. Um, you can now see Mac Jones creeping up in there, and part of that is because he's been so cheap. But um, not not much. Let's see, 835. So, yeah, this, this graded report is climbing for Brock Purdy, so it'll be interesting. I think mostly it'll kind of flatline just because as you get more cards, it's more supply entering the marketplace. Um, which kind of, you know, depending on how much that person had invested in the raw card, how much the potential profit they want to try and realize out of it, kind of dictates what the what they're willing to list it at and sell it for. Uh, obviously, when you're the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers with the efficiency numbers you had last year, with the the quality of coaching and, and supporting cast and defense and everything that team has, they're clear contenders. So you you're not feeling hard-pressed to sell your Brock Purdy cards, right? He's a guy that you're kind of more looking to hold and potentially sell during the playoffs, kind of like, you know, Joe Burrow is. So, um, yeah, not uh, fully understanding the um, – well, I was, I was thinking the other guy, Kenneth Gamewell. I want to talk about Kenneth Gainwell, who now rises another 5.62 spots. He keeps steadily rising every single week, guys. This is a guy you guys absolutely need to have on your radar. He had a good athletic profile coming out of college. Um, receiving, uh, receiving back, and he's actually one of the hardest workers. He was touted last year as showing up before training camp started, staying late. Uh, this guy has a really high level of consistency. He's got a great work ethic. And the latest reports, and this is part of the reason why he's moving up draft boards, is because of the depth chart. Rashad Penny, there's already been a report that Rashad Penny 
see if I can pull up Rashad Penny. I never forget how to spell it. It's two A's. Rashad Penny. Okay, here we go. Page not found. What happened there? Penny. Some Penny. Rashad Penny. There we go. Page not found. Um, but anyways, there was... All right, so there was news from a beat reporter that Rashad Penny is injured already and that he may start the season on IR already, like heading into camp. And with that being the case, they literally paid nothing for him. He's like on a $300,000 salary this year. He could very likely be cut from the team. Oh, that's one always injured running back that could be really good, but just always injured. And previous running back injuries are such a high indicator of future injuries they add a lot to the fragility rating of a running back all right so that's number one kenneth gainwell has no reported injuries in his nfl career none all right so that's that is number one number two deandre swift can you project him to stay healthy for an entire year plus how much of a workload can you expect him to take that's number two and think about it they pretty much got DeAndre Swift for free. They they spent a fourth round pick to get DeAndre Swift, and it was a comp compensatory pick. So if he doesn't pan out, I think it's something like if if he doesn't play all seventeen games or something like that, uh, they can release him and they can get their uh, compensatory pick in the fourth round in twenty twenty five or something like that. So basically, they got him for free as well. It's the only guy that they've drafted that has been on the team now is Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, which, believe it or not, Boston Scott has the largest contract out of any running back on the Eagles team. That's interesting. Boston Scott's always a guy that they kind of put in in certain goal line situations. He'll kind of vulture a touchdown here or there. But think about a guy that could potentially get the most volume with the most reliability that has the most chemistry and rapport with the coaching staff and the offense as a whole, it's Kenneth Gainwell. And he's got rookie cards in Eagles uniform. He's got a lot of solid product out. And you can get his rookie cards still for like insanely cheap prices. Um, so I look at him as a guy that's steadily moving up draft boards. He's a guy that I think has real smoke behind him. Uh, he's a guy that has a real upside, for example, a, is that optic or based on us? Well, either way, I don't give him a high grade on his penmanship, but definitely super undervalued. A Genesis for 30 bucks. Pretty good, pretty good variety. So that kind of leads me to my final point is you can find, especially right now, today and tomorrow. There is a ton of auctions ending, especially from big consignments like DC Sports 87. That one actually, uh, now I'm back to February 13th. I'm back to Super Bowl time frame. So it's just not, like this guy's literally getting, this guy's getting very little sold volume right now. He's a perfect time to get well ahead of this ADP movement. By the time the season starts, he could be in a uh, just a dual running back situation. It could just be Swift and Gainwell that we're projecting with some Boston Scott sprinkled in. 
But, you know, he's a veteran. He's done the really drive that kind of height that potentially Kenny Gainwell can drive. And then the other um, risers this week, Taysom Hill up five spots. Very few rookie cards kind of plays that gadget role. Paris Campbell up 4.8. Again, Paris Campbell steady, steady rising through our weekly check-in here on Paris Campbell before I, I catch up with the uh, with you guys in the chat. Oh, buddy. Oh, we got some bigger sold volume here on, on Paris Campbell. A beautiful gold patch, horizontally formatted uh, rookie auto here. I believe that's from Select. Yeah, it's a Select gold X-Fractor. Gorgeous card. I'll say that. There's a Jonathan Taylor gold out of 10. Um, Paris Campbell gold, horizontally formatted, Select, RPA. Nice card. Let, let's see what this – this was $100. I'm curious to see what this person accepted the offer at over on 130point.com. Where's the other? There we go. 130 points. Let's see, you got some comments on the um, on Todd Bowles. Oh, yeah, Bucks have weapons, man. But Todd, think about what Todd Bowles. Todd, oh wow, holy crap! This guy took thirty dollars. Jeez, man, I wish he would have messaged me. <laughs> Dear God, he took thirty dollars for that. Man, you find the right people, you start to get to know them in the eBay messages. <laughs> you might be able to cash in. He took $30 for that gold out of 10. That leaves you with so much upside. It's not even funny. Wow. Man, dude, that's the kind of guy. It's definitely worth like, okay, I'm going to go click on this guy's store and I'm going to see what else he has. Like, what else does this guy have? Because if he's potentially taking $30 for that, I mean, I might be able to, I might be able to see what else he's got so come over here type in football so it gets me to this screen and then yeah this is basically filter everything football and then you could just just go through everything and that now you can just go to like auction i guess buy it now i think what's interesting is you sort by year so 2021 let's just see what he has for like ultra modern stuff so it's interesting if he had the Paris Campbell for that cheap. Hey, wonder what he would take for this Mac Jones with him being such a good play right now. Would he would he take 30% on the Mac Jones? $200 come in here and offer him 200 bucks on this Mac Jones? Like you know, if 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 that's pos or shoot, maybe 150, I guess if you were to uh, do the math, uh, 30% should I make should I make him an offer of 150? 150. The seller would be more likely to respond if your offer is around 375. I might not be able to get away with 30% on this one. Wait, 
but can I submit the offer at 150? You know, some people automatically. <laughs> some people will um, automatically think that, you know, you uh, they'll automatically decline the offer um, if you if you didn't if it's under a certain amount. So it's an interesting Jamar Chase. So anyways, I, I digress, but it's, it's worth, um, worth an investigation to look into someone's store like this whenever you find something like that has happened because there's a decent chance that they'll be willing to take a super low ball offer on some other stuff as well. So let's see what else we got out there. Yeah, this is this is the tough thing about the Bucks, man. The Bucks, Todd Bowles, he doesn't want to take risks. Go back to his head coaching time with the Jets, man. There's a run-heavy offense. He wants to rely on his defense. So he's gonna try and play defense. He's gonna try and you know dial up the blitz packages, and he's gonna try and run the ball. He's not gonna put the risk of his losing his job in the hands of Baker Mayfield. So although I love Mike Evans, I love Chris Godwin, I don't know how much pass volume they're going to get. And then when they do get pass volume, what's the quality of that pass volume going to be from Baker Mayfield? Uh, it could be very bad. <laughs> it could not be good at all. The, the, the line, if we were to look at the ranking of the, the line here, let's see. 14, but I'd say that it may be even worse than this. We still have Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen. That's about it. They're moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle this year after playing uh, right tackle last year. But we lost Shaq Mason. We lost Ali Marpet to retirement. We lost um, – uh, what's his name? Went to the, uh, the Bengals last year. So it's like this year we got Matt – Matt Feeler at left guard, never heard of. Cody Mock, a rookie that I'm not familiar with. And then Luke, but he does not have first-round draft count, I'll tell you that, um, because we drafted a D lineman in the first round. And and then Luke Godeke at right tackle. So not doesn't sound great to me at all. And then I look at um, the Buccaneer strength of schedule, 19th. Not really where you want to be whenever you have this offense that's really uncertain right now. Obviously a winnable division, but we have the most difficult schedule based, but no longer have Tom Brady to carry them. So let's go over here to eBay and see what... And I was like actually surprised at how expensive Rashad White's rookie cards are, even though... He was not efficient at all in his rookie season. Uh, but I guess I can't expect a lot of hobbyists to look at the advanced efficiency metrics for running backs to understand that Rashad White was not good. Now, was a lot of that attributed to a small sample size, um, like bad off, bad like offense. It wasn't gelling, high pass volume. He did get he did get some good receiving work. He showed he can be a good receiver. He showed he can handle volume. So I think this is his true test this year. He's going to get all the volume he can handle in both rushing and receiving. So 
Let's see what the Buccaneers schedule. I don't like it, man. I'll tell you what, I do not like it at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Vikings in Minnesota. We're just going to start off 0-1. Can't keep up with that offense. The Bears at home. Uh, I don't think we'd be able to – I don't think we can beat the Bears' defense. Not with a – Baker Mayfield's going to have to exceed expectation. The only, the only thing you could say that could potentially come true is that Dave Canales is the man. He comes over from Seattle after being credited as partially resurrecting Geno Smith's career. And he comes over from Seattle. He's our new offensive coordinator, and he can actually get the most out of Baker Mayfield in this offense. So I think you can uh, – hopefully Todd Bowles allows him to kind of like – kind of gives him a longer leash to kind of design a more creative offense and maybe design around Baker Mayfield's strengths. But we got to give him a lot of short plays, quick outs. Don't get Baker Mayfield scrambling out of the pocket and trying to play that hero ball type stuff where he starts making big mistakes, strip sacks, interceptions. Um, I I still like buying Mike Evans. His prices are still significantly higher. He's a guy that I'm, I, I always kind of check in on. There's a good chance that if the season goes south uh, and let's say worst case scenario, Todd Bowles is fired by midway through the season. Mike Evans could be traded by the trade deadline to a win now contender. And we kind of enter that full rebuild mode. You don't want guys on the team that are going to help you win, right? If we're going to tank to try and get a Caleb Williams next year, you don't want people that are going to help you win. Mike Evans is going to help you win. Chris Godwin's going to help you win. Um, I don't see them uh, trading away Chris Godwin. He's on a much more manageable contract than Mike Evans. So I do like, though, so for that fact, you know, Mike Evans does now have a ring. You know, he's got a lot of things going. I still think he's got a couple years left. He's been pretty durable. So I his stuff is still pretty pricey. Like let's look at recent solds on Mike Evans auto. Let's look at recent solds on Mike Evans auto. I mean, check it out. I would love to get like something like this for my collection. But man, to pay, let's see what this went for. This is a really nice card too. I like these type of playbooks when they have this kind of patch in it. Like that, the patch really makes it. I don't see them making them like these anymore, man. That's a sick patch. Like that would be a big selling point for me, even if it's not even from Mike Evans. Just like, I just like the Buccaneers pirate ship patch. And then you've got the on card auto, clearly says rookie card right there. So there's your your big old booklet mag. Let's go over to 130 point to see how much that actually went for. And then post some questions in the chat if you guys got any questions. 350. So you can see I still went for a pretty penny, guys. Out of 99, 350 for national treasure. And this is back when. Tops Bowman making NFL um, NFL cards, so you know there's a lot more variety when you when you look at the market from 2014. Like if you ever pop over to 
is graded mar market Evans. Mike White, don't forget about him. Don't forget about looking at him over today and tomorrow, especially if you you want a little security, you want an insurance policy to your to your Tua Tonga Bialoa investment. <laughs> That's Mike White right there. Um, so let's look at his graded market. You know, it's like I mentioned, Tops is in the game. Those Tops Chrome, those Tops X Fractor, super popular cards. Look at this one, uh, up 30% over the previous buy it now. It's a buy it now for 70 on June 20th compared to a buy it now Saturday, July 1st. Really no news, but look, population of 35. 35, so people, this just goes to show you, he's got a lot of fans. He's got a big collection base. He's very good. He's very good. He checks all the boxes. He's not in there. He's like DeAndre Hopkins. They need more uh, more accolades to really get into the Hall of Fame. I think in a few years, I would love, I mean, I hate to say it, but if we can't be contenders, I kind of do want for Mike Evans' sake to be traded to a contender uh, to put up big numbers with them. I mean, that would be fun to watch him ball out, even if it is uh, not on the Bucks anymore, you know. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm at on that. Yeah, I I think so, Bob. I think Derek Carr will be, but once again, this is a situation where very bad coaching. They don't have Sean Payton. Dennis Allen, I mean, I'm not sure how much better than Todd Bowles he is, to be honest with you. And that's what scares me about, I mean, like really scares me about the Saints. I just feel like they could be a very, very fringy, fringy team. Uh, especially with, I think the Falcons may may surprise some people. Especially if Desmond Ritter can just meet X, like just average, dude. Just all you need to be is Ritter is average. The Falcons, I think, will do well. When is the best time to start posting football cards for sale on eBay? Right now, Chris, get those cards listed, brother. We're 65 days out from the start of the regular season. You want to get them listed now. Training camp, full-on pads, contact. Training camp starts in three weeks when you really start to ramp up the hype videos. After tomorrow's holiday is when you start, people start getting excited about the fantasy football drafts, start planning for the fan, uh, football season. I mean, it starts really going to start heating up. So I'm not, don't put them in auction, right? Save your auctions for the playoffs or primetime games, like ending very specific times. But if you've got cards, go ahead and get them listed now. Project out your prices. Look at a comparable player from the draft class, similar card. Try and project your prices. Like I talked about buying Mac Jones right now, I would project them to go up to close to Justin Fields' price. I'm not going to say they're going to Trevor Lawrence. That would just be foolish, I think. But Justin Fields, I could see an impulse buyer easily hitting that button at Justin Fields' current prices, and he's like at 60% of that, you know? So get those listed now, especially with the time it takes to list cards. Depending on how many you've got in your collection, it's always best to have them listed in buy it now format, in my opinion, even if it's like 10 to 20% higher, you could always quickly modify that listing that's already posted into an auction if you wanted to. If something happened, the, the, the stars align and it's time, you want to go ahead and force that sale and take the market value for it. 
you just change it real quick to an auction, schedule that in advance. So you're ending that at night, like at night, preferably. I like Monday night, they end a lot of auctions. If you want less auction competition, you could end it on like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night, I think is a good one. Um, people are holding Mike White. Chad said, this is why holding RB1, RB2, and RB3 during the season is a great play. They're like interchangeable flips. Heck yeah, buddy. Love it. Well said. Well says. <laughs> holding Mike White all caps. Sorry, too. Sorry, Joey. Oh, see, dude, you guys are loaded already, man. Loaded. No, I might. Um, I don't have time. No, I spent too much time going to weekly risers and fallers. Um, there's a good chance, like high probability, I will do a draft tonight. I do want to do a weekly winner draft. I'm in a slow draft right now. I can show you real quick before I sign off. Uh, I do love their weekly winners podcast, but I've now gone on for, yeah, I've got, <laughs> it's 438. No, I, I do got to some family obligations they got to take care of. But um, look at their weekly winners format. This is like Best Ball Mania 4, but they're paying out a prize every week. So it's 3.5 million total in total prizes like Best Ball Mania 4, but they're paying out a winner every single week. They're paying out a first place winner for 20 grand. So they do have a tournament format. Um, well, no, no, there's no tournament for The tournament format I take that back. You're still drafting in a 12-person league, right? But you're still drafting in a 12-person league, but you are competing against everybody in the player pool. And if you're in a tie, they split it. See, look, before the start of each contest, entrants select players through the snake draft. The player selected for end of an entry will remain the, sa uh, the same for the entire season and score at the end of scoring each week. So instead of being tournament style where teams accumulate points throughout the season to advance, weekly winners awards prizes to the highest scoring teams for each scoring week throughout the season. But you're still in a 12-person uh, league when you draft. So... I'm actually in one right now in a slow draft. So I'll show you how I started this draft out. Look at my draft board. I think I'm in the, uh, yeah, it's almost my pick. Pick five right here, the 1.5. I started out Cooper Cup. Take advantage of that early elite wide receiver run because somebody at three went Christian McCaffrey, then Travis Kelsey, a little bit different. I came back, got Tony Pollard, round three, Ramadre Stevenson, which I don't think that was an auto pick, but don't, don't, don't count me out. I don't really remember drafting Ramadre Stevenson there in the third, but it's okay. Um, that's okay. I'll take it. And then Jameer Gibbs in the fourth, and then back on wide receiver with Christian Kirk in the fifth. So we'll see. I don't think these guys will probably take a quarterback, but I don't really see a quarterback I need to spend up on right now. And if I'm looking at this, there is still a ton of wide receiver and running back that can provide me with weekly spike weeks. 
So then it comes back to strength of schedule and looking at the schedule as a whole. I w- I'm curious to see what the Panthers schedule is like this year, because I do project Miles Sanders to get a ton of volume, a ton of volume. He was a good pass catcher early on in his career. Didn't get a lot of passing volume last year, but the Panthers this year have the 28th uh, ranked schedule. So very easy schedule. Very easy schedule. Uh, According to PFF, this is what they say, Carolina projects to still be a full year away. First year uh, rookie quarterback, Bryce Young's tough for a rookie quarterback to exceed expectations as they acclimate to the NFL. But if anybody could do it, it really is the short king there, Bryce Young. Um, Shout out to Filthy for drafting him in the, in the, uh, what is it? The the 1.3 in his dynasty rookie draft this year in the Quest Dynasty League. But a promising finish to this season should be all betters need to buy into the Panthers long term. I want to look at their offensive line ranking. 16, not bad. Second year, Aki Kwanu, which is the guy they spent that early first round pick on last year. The defense is definitely underrated. Brian Burns, JC Horn, they got they have a good defense. I think they could definitely stand out. The schedule's not tough. It's really hard to project the wide receivers there. I know uh, right now um, good re- can't, reports are good on Jonathan Mingo coming out of camp, so he's kind of rising a little bit as a rookie. Obviously, you got Adam Thielen, who's a proven veteran. DJ Chark, who's had a breakout season. And Terrace Marshall, the reports are good on him coming out of camp. It's really hard to project. It's. I think it's going to come down to – I think you'll be able to make your best decision on Carolina Panthers wide receivers closer to August and heading into the season. I think you'll be fine to wait uh, because they're all just at really, really cheap price, except for Adam Thielen just because he has very little rookie cards. But I think Miles Sanders in this range, uh, round six to still get a guy that's going to get – approximately 300 carries this year like sign me up you know sign me up that's an easy spike week recipe i think there's also you could argue the same thing for damian pierce so in this range and that's like ideally why i take more wide receivers early and then target running backs in these rounds because of the price difference but there's mike evans michael pittman i think Traylon burks he's like in a promising situation. Jordan Addison's in a great situation. Quentin Johnston's in a great situation. Deontay Johnson's also a uh, an easy target hog. Like He's an easy guy you can project for potentially 110 to 150 targets this year, depending on how fast the Steelers play. They play at a pretty good pace. See, the, ske- uh, the Steelers' schedule is 21st. It's not a very tough schedule. Their toughest schedule stretches towards the end of the season. So can Kenny Pickett exceed expectations? Um, currently, I want to look at Kenny Pickett's pace of play last year. I'm not projecting the Steelers to be any type of playoff play or anything like that, especially now with the Bengals and the Browns. 
and the uh, the Ravens as good as they are in their division. But let's see, pace a team team pass plays per game number sixteen last year, thirty three point six. Pace of play number twenty eight. So yeah, they are due for a bigger year for sure. He also ranked number two in danger plays and number two in interceptable passes. He threw forty interceptable passes. Those are passes thrown within the catch radius of a defender or deflected into the air in the vicinity of a defender. He ranked very high in. So that's kind of scary, man. He's gotta he's gotta get those danger plays down, those interceptable passes down. And the way you do that is you get your game going by throwing short slants and out plays to guys like Deontay Johnson, bingo, or guys like Najee Harris. So he had a good protection rate. Let's see if the run blocking line gets better. The offensive line definitely got better. They invested in that in this offseason. So let's see. They've got to incre- increase their pace of play. They've also are due for some better game script scenarios, which they rank ne- uh, number 25, negative 2.99. So we're definitely due for a bigger year from Kenny Pickett this year than last year. And there was so much meat left on the on the bone last year for Deontay Johnson. So I think he is a guy that's going way undervalued. I wouldn't mind grabbing a couple RCs of him. They are very cheap, especially compared to George Pickens, who's basically you know a highlight, a human highlight reel. I get it, but he doesn't project nearly as high. He's not nearly as good of a route runner than Deontay Johnson. So that's the kind of things I look at this late. He's a primary target, man. The, the the Cardinals scare the crap out of me, not going to lie. They have no offensive uh, play calling experience from their coach. You got no Kyler Murray. You have no good clue how good Clayton Toon is. If I was Colt McCoy, I'd be getting the hell out of there. He should be getting out, out of there. I mean, the guy's got a broadcasting career now. I mean, why would you want to play there anymore? I don't know. Maybe. Colt McCoy's got, a, I guess, a decent athletic profile. He's going to be in for a world of hurt, man. He kind of looks like a Davis Mills type of player. It's interesting. But, uh, man, I'll tell you, I don't even know if, I guess Marquise Brown is fully healthy. Back at practice 19 days ago, so he's there. They also uh, drafted Michael Wilson. They spent... You know, and Marquise Brown plays a deep ball threat role. It's not really like he's a possession style receiver. So I'm, I'm more interested in these guys. So if you look at the offensive line ranking for the Cardinals on top of their lack of play calling experience from any of their coaches now at this point, their offensive line ranks 31st in the NFL. That's that's second worst in the league. The worst stone cold worst is the Titans right now, then the Cardinals. So, I mean, that that gets you excited. That, that doesn't get you excited. <laughs> like, depresses you if anything. If you're a Cardinals fan, uh, and I don't know. Let's see what their what their schedule is. Fourteenth, not good. I mean, this is tank season. This is a tank season for the Cardinals. So that's why I'm fading. Big time Marquise Brown at ADP. But I will say, like, late in the draft, look, 215 
2.1 ADP from Michael Wilson. 215. The guy is basically free in the draft. He's a third-round draft pick, and I think he kind of features as more of that possession-style receiver that they're going they're going to need, man. They're going to need somebody unless it's going to be uh, Zach Pascal maybe. I mean, it's tough. Rondell Moore, I guess maybe you could – he's a quick little good route runner. Maybe throw some short eight-out stuff to him and let him do his yards after the catch thing. He's so wiggly. Um, maybe Trey McBride, super cheap, but I'm fading big-time Marquise Brown at ADP. Can't touch him. Let's see what else we got out here. We're going to sign off. Mike uh, Brogan got a Bryce Young X-Factor X Factor auto for 170. Is the X-Factor, that is from, uh, I believe, what, 2022 select draft picks? That sounds a little pricey, but he is the, uh, the 1.1, but... I mean, with the new product coming out, okay, I see. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've looked at this card on eBay before. Um, I like the, I like the autograph. I'd give him a decent, I'm going to give him an eight on his penmanship because he does have like a hashtag and he's got the big B in there. I think it's a pretty cool penmanship. Um, it's a decent card. The one thing I don't like about it, there's a couple things is he's in the he's in his college uniform which is not bad because he played at alabama but nowhere on here does it say alabama and nowhere on here does it say rookie card and that's kind of like the biggest beef i have with it is that nowhere on here does it say rookie card so for me this would be a, an immediate flip i would take any and all profit out of this card that i could because it's not serial numbered it's off center on the back, looking from left to right, which is not as big for PSA, but it's also off center on the front. Left, right is much fatter. You see the little gray space on next to the edge of the card. So for that, without the serial number, without the RC Shield logo, that's why I would uh, I would I would feel comfortable getting this card around 185 to 100 with him being Bryce Young 1.1 and everything. But I don't know. I, f I feel like I would try and flip it immediately for even if it's break-even prices, to be honest with you. Yeah, I saw that. I actually watched probably one of the best videos I ever watched from uh, Teapot or whatever his name is, uh, Sports Card Investor uh, Data Dive Guy. He did a really good breakdown on 2022 Select and the players that were in the different tiers. I was the most – I've watched a few of his videos, and they're, they've all been not so great, but um, that one was really good. I love the detail, the level of research that he did on that one. I was actually impressed with. I thought it was very informational too. Um, yeah, the the scatter the link it's it's on a pin post on patreon.com slash football cards. I also did a video tutorial there on Patreon. 
and uh, Scatter is a, a Patreon member. Um, so go check that out, man. Just go over to patreon.com slash football cards, log in, and you'll see it on the pin post. I just did the video last week with the uh, with the, the same thing with the Discord. The Discord extension is through patreon.com slash football cards. Hop in, maybe. Hop in, baby. Uh, Hector says, besides Tua, what QB do you think gets hurt and lost for season? My guess is Fields, just the way he plays, especially at goal line. Oof. Ah, man. Yeah. If I had to guess, Daniel Jones is one that I think has a fairly high injury risk for the same reasons. Uh, He's one. Let's see. Let me go to my quarterback rankings here. Save in a second. Well, let's go here, right, right here on the remaining quarterbacks. Yeah, Anthony Richardson's super thick, but Dak Prescott. Definitely got some injury risk there based on his prior injuries. I mean, his, his angle snapped pretty good. Um, I think Rodgers, just because of his age, they don't have the best O-line in, in the Jets, but they also were missing their some of their elite starters last year, and Elijah Vera Tucker and Mekhi Becton, so they got promise there. Um, they Obviously, Matthew Stafford has got a pretty high injury risk. Some people thought he was done after the uh, – neck surgery neck and spine i mean that guy's had so many injuries uh so i think he's definitely got to have a higher fragility rating based on all that he got purdy with the elbow but other than that i mean he's so young uh you gotta think that he'll be all right kenny pickett actually has a decent chin because he's he's a guy who's gonna rack up a few hundred rushing yards he's gonna dive head first into contact. I think Kenny Pickett is one of those fearless type of players. You're going to put his body on the line. We saw him get a couple concussions last year. Kenny Pickett definitely has a higher injury risk. Uh, Sam Howell inherently does too because of his rushing ability and, and him running the ball. He's a pretty good runner though, man. So you definitely have to note him. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think Desmond Ritter is going to run nearly as much as Marcus Mariota did last year. And Mariota was so bad anyways. I think they are going to – I mean, why do you spend a number eight pick on Bijan not to hand it off to him? So, right, I think between Bijan and then all the receiving weapons they have, it's going to be a lot of short intermediate passes, build Ritter's confidence, and then hand it off to Bijan like 25 times a game. So, yeah, I think obviously Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Got to put Baker Mayfield there. Got to put – and Ryan Tannehill, especially coming off of an injury last year. Ryan Tannehill's got quite the injury rap sheet, and so does Jimmy Garoppolo. Both of these guys are now, you know, 30-plus-year-old veterans that have quite the rap sheet of injuries. And Mac Jones just had the ankle last year, and he's still super young. But uh, Jimmy, Ryan Tannehill – Definitely have to have a higher injury risk on those guys. Um, yeah, I think that's 
I think that's pretty much it. Of the of the elite guys, obviously Patrick Mahomes can play through virtually everything. I mean, that guy's super durable. So is Jalen Hurts, as you guys saw last year. So is Josh Allen. I mean, he'll still play with whatever he did to his elbow last year, even if it's to his detriment and he starts throwing interceptions. Yeah, Justin Fields definitely has that risk, even though he's really, really freaking good as a runner. Um, he does some of those runs he takes do, do scare you. So does Lamar Jackson. But I think he's going to throw the ball a lot more this year. They're going to start to – they're going to start to reel in his mobility. He's going to start to be way more selective on on how he runs the ball. Kind of more, hopefully, more like Joe Burrow, right? And uh, and or Justin Herbert, uh, who's he's a really tough dude. Trevor Lawrence, yeah, he's, he's a really smart quarterback, so he protects himself well. Uh, but he definitely takes some risks. Like Trevor Lawrence definitely will take some risks. And there's been some scary looking plays, but he's always he's been very fortunate so far. So, you know, it's been lucky. So, all right, guys, I have 450. Oh, Bush Sleegers, man, you are the man. I appreciate that, bro. Forget. Thank you. Yeah, Josh Allen, he's such a big guy, though. He's such a big guy for. Uh, running head first. Bush leaguers. No no comment with the super chat. I appreciate that. Get you some sleeves. You got it. I appreciate you, bro. Um let me um let me talk to the wife, see what our plans are for tonight. But if we don't have anything going on, I definitely like to hop back on here and do an underdog draft. Maybe have a guest join me for some underdog uh drafting which would be a lot of fun but until then guys i gotta run it's been a blast thank you so much for that super chat bush leaguers uh shout out to all you guys out there on the quest make sure you hit that like button comment uh let me know out of all the guys that we talked about today going up and the offenses that i think could exceed expectations compared to where they're at now who who would you target um let me know in the comment section below and i'll see you guys in that next video have a great 4th of July tomorrow. Enjoy it. Eat you a hot dog, drink a beer, have some fun. Snipe you a couple cards on eBay, right? Peace.